And I felt like, well, if that's how she is when she's not on the mic, what happens if she's like that when she's on the mic? Yeah. Then you create something that's remarkable. It's not remarkable to everyone. And it's sometimes remarkable in a terrible way to people who find it repellent. But as soon as you and I got on the page of, which I think is a general view, it's like, hey, guess what? This isn't for this isn't for most people. But the people who it is for have got a new space to to come and listen and, and play and and reflect and what whatever happens to the people that listen to the podcast, you know. Yeah. I love that this podcast is not for everyone because I wouldn't know what it was. I know what it is. I know who it's for. I do believe that the secret to the Trauma Hiders Club is that we're all in it, but we're not all ready to be with our experience. You're a high achiever. On paper and through the eyes of others, you've made it. Congratulations. But the truth is you feel unwanted, unworthy and unlovable. You always have, but you hide it well. Welcome to the Trauma Hiders Podcast. I'm Karen Goldfinger Baker, and this is a podcast where high achievers like you finally reveal what keeps them up at night that no amount of money or recognition will fix. I'm also making it my business to speak with people who get you. Hell, I get you. I am you. So get your best hider's face on, sit down, and let your guard down. What's on the other side of this shit will change your life. There are so many ways people like us fuck ourselves over. But let's start with five ways. When you know them, maybe you'll finally stop doing them. Over on my website, you'll find a free download listing the five ways your fuckery is getting in the way of the next level of your success. Grab it now at karengoldfingerbaker.com. My guest today is Toby Goodman. Toby is an author, coach, husband, father, and a sick-ass drummer. He's traveled the world as a for-hire drummer with a Rolling Stone, a Bee Gees, a Spice Girl, and a whole lot of talent show winners and losers. To me, Toby is a rock star human, a courageous and kind force. And he helped me get through my inner shit so I could bring this podcast to life. I loved this real and raw conversation, and I think you will too. It's right here, and it's right now in the Trauma Hiders Club. So Toby... We started a conversation before we started recording. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation is not only do I have a theory, but I have the experience of connecting with someone and that being you. Um, we did not know each other. And here I am telling you, Toby, I want to bring this thing into the world in which I create a pathway to normalize the conversation around trauma. I guess I'll just stop there. And no, no, I won't stop there. And there were a lot of things going on when you and I stepped into that space. But what was going on for me was I'm talking about my personal experience 
I'm talking to someone I don't know. I'm also at the same time playing with this vision of a thing that I want to bring to the world while it was almost like juggling while balancing this, like all the shit show stories that are flying around in my head around brokenness, unworthiness, unlovability, unwantedness. And by the way, who the fuck wants to listen to a show that has trauma at its core? So I'll just stop there. Yeah. And my memory of this meeting for the first time is that we had quite a funny direct conversation in which I just said, what do you want? Yeah. (laughs) You said that stuff. And I was like, respect, let's go, you know? (laughs) And I think, you know, there's an, there's an element of kind of personally, especially from your side thinking, right. Okay. Well, I know he's done, you know, I've done some work for other people, you know, et cetera, but really you're asking yourself every step. And I think this is with everyone I work with, but specifically because of the theme of what you're doing is you're, you're always going to be asking yourself, can I trust this guy <laughs> like, like with my message? And in some ways it's easier to jump in to a project um, that's sensitive with someone you don't have any baggage or history with. Oh, I don't know about that. It's easier for who, me or you? <laughs> Well, I would, ima- I would imagine, I mean, may- maybe that's just me talking what I think, but sometimes it's easier in my experience to say, you know, this is who I am. Like when I went to America in March for the first time since COVID, I behaved in a slightly, uh, I felt a bit freer because I didn't have, you know, I knew that the people around me didn't have other stories they were telling themselves about me from, you know, it it's not about negativity. It's just about, right, this is who I'm going to be. I've written a book. Let's go. You know, so sometimes I think when you come to someone with a blank canvas, you know, I didn't have any idea about you other than you wanted to start a podcast and that you're a coach, you know, so I wasn't expecting to hear what I heard. Yeah. But, yeah. but then it's a case of just like, right, well, we've got, we've got an agreement. We're going to, move an idea into something that's tangible and that takes courage on both sides right it takes an amount of trust and at some point you know you're either going to jump in or you're not and you did which is why we're here which is awesome and thanks for speaking with me about it and when when you asked me by the way I did like I said I had a little light bulb about okay actually I've done this a lot so uh yeah is that is that a good start (laughs) Uh, here's the thing that as you were talking, I was like, oh, that was like really like the difference between being relational, which by the way you were right. We were building relationships and trust. We were building our relationship. However, there was a lot of transaction happening there on your end, which isn't, I, I don't say that in a negative way. You were doing what you're doing because this is this is what you do, right? Your job. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is your job. Right. And yeah. what I was doing was all this freak out shit, right. which was like, oh, can I trust this dude? Fuck him. He doesn't understand me. Again, not a knock on you. It was just like, this is my shit. This is my resistance. He's not understanding. He doesn't know what a fucking awesome coach I am. So I better blow that shit up. Oh, and by the way, and detract from what I'm trying to 
bring into the world this podcast that has trauma and specifically my childhood sexual abuse at its core. So I'm going to like blow the shit up about what an awesome coach I am, because I want you to know that I am legit. Like all of that, all of what I was doing in this desire to come from a relational perspective was fucking disconnecting, <laughs> disconnecting from the core. Yeah. Look, there's an amount, there's an amount of status game that everyone's playing, you know, as, as Will Storr says in his book, you know, we're either playing a dominance game or a, or a virtue game. And there's an amount of, this wasn't a money thing. This was just about me trying to find a way to say, I hear you. And also yeah. by the way, and this comes from from my my first career as as a musician is it doesn't actually matter what I think about the song you're trying to sing. What you've done is you've written a song, and this is like my first memory of being in a studio. This is a fourteen year old. Like I was pretty good for my age. You know, I wasn't a prodigy, but I was I was pretty good. And what happened was a nineteen year old kid who was who was a an older brother of one of my friends got some studio time he found some money and he bought me in and he bought me in as a nervy songwriter and he was he was at a college full of people that were playing you know sort of super technical rock guitar or whatever and he was listening to bob dylan and he'd written these songs you know in that kind of style and i kind of worked out with steve that the way that he needed just someone to hold a space and not to not to kind of shit all over his song but to try and find ways of making it, you know, amplifying it, sound, making it clearer. And, and so I started learning those skills as a teenager to try and find ways of, of not, it's not about what my opinion is of what the song's about. It's not my, it's not about my opinion of your feelings. It's about understanding them as best I can. And with context, finding points in the journey that make it, that there, where there are opportunities to exploit within, whether it's a, a landing page on a website or a podcast or a song, there are opportunities in the journey that you can emote more in emoting certain feelings. So that's, that's what my listening position was towards you. It was, I'm going to take what you say as gospel and I'm going to respect it. And I'm also, also, by the way, the context is, of course, I, did, I didn't know what we were going to talk about, but I did know who we had in common and mm -hmm. I respected those people. So that was, the, there was a transfer of trust there as well. And I don't imagine you'd have got on a call with someone that, you know, otherwise, right. So, so right. there was, there was this sort of agreement, even if it was a completely silent agreement that we had on some level, the same worldview or a similar worldview, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's true. If you come from that, if you come from, you know, going back to the music analogy. All right. Well, if you if you love those five great albums, then at least you're in <laughs> you're in my world, right? You know, you you kind of understand what kind of vague sound I'm going for. You know, you understand if if you understand those songwriters, then you know, in my case, you, you understand you understand who the drummers were and what they played and why they played it. And that's my approach, really. And I've been doing that with musicians for longer than I've been doing it with coaches and people that build websites. But it's exactly the same set of, yeah, it's, it, it, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care. I'm almost like, I don't have an opinion. Yeah. I don't have an opinion for ages. Maybe I've started to have an opinion now, mm -hmm. uh, which is not a negative one. 
but actually it, the, the hardest work is to to not have an opinion and just be just fucking listen <laughs> yeah yeah right because someone's paying me to do my job right right not only that not only is someone paying you to do your job the way that you showed up in that was I'm going to, I'm creating this space, Karen, that you are now in, in which you're creating your vision. I don't have to have an, I don't have to have judgment. I don't have to have whatever. I am here to make it safe for you to, to bring your vision into the world. It's funny as you were talking about this, when you were very, when you were 14 and this 19 year old had, and you went into studio Toby, that was really, that was my experience of working with you. My experience of working with you is you didn't care what my sound, not that you didn't care. What, I mean, it had to be viable, right? It had to be something that somebody was going to listen to. You didn't care, or at least my experience was you didn't care about bringing your judgment into it. I got the sense that you wanted to support the beat, <laughs> right? Mm. And make it as beautiful as possible, right? Yeah, to you. you yeah, know? to and, me. And, right. and so all we're talking about is going through the process of feeling fully self-expressed. Yes. And when, if the client, on in my case, feels like they're expressed, you know, you were super, you know, ballsy with the language you were using. And I felt like, well, if that's how she is, when she's not on the mic, what happens if she's like that when she's on the mic? Yeah. Then you create something that's remarkable. It's not remarkable to everyone. And it's sometimes remarkable in a terrible way to people who find it repellent. But as soon as you and I got on the page of, which I think is a general view, it's like, hey, guess what? This isn't for this isn't for most people, but the people who it is for have got a new space to to come and listen and and play and and reflect and what whatever happens to the people that listen to the podcast, you know, you're also not responsible for them, by the way. You know, as we know, it's about like, I suppose early on, I make some level of judgment that if I feel like someone's trying to do harm, then I'm not interested in working with them. Mm -hmm. But I've never had that. You know, yeah. I've, I've been around people like that, as we all have, right? But this is about you getting to where you've got in your life, having experienced things that I've never experienced, thank God. And trying to help you create something that that will support you and that you're proud of and that you can stand by and that you can share for years, you know, to your kids and to your grandkids, not just your clients. You know, like this is, I found our calls absolutely exhausting, but I also found them like exhilarating mm. because I'm like, oh, we're doing some shit here. We're not just going through the same, okay, who's your target market, you know? Mm -hmm. What are your offers? All of that stuff is great. It was tiring, but but it also felt like when we were creating this, that we were creating something that really mattered, first and foremost, to the person who'd who was investing not just their money, but their time in me and trusting me. And second of all, you know, this is deliverable, which is a podcast that sits on a website that you can deploy in all sorts of awesome ways whenever you like. Right. And this building, like every single episode is an asset that will pay you back over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we got, 
so for historical perspective, I did not have a website until I had this dream of having a podcast. A podcast has to live somewhere, as Toby told me. So I had to create a website. And as resistant as I as I shouldn't say resistant, as scared as I was to bring the podcast into the world, I was resistant around the website, like really resistant because I guess I was waiting to give myself permission to be me on my website. I was looking around, I looked at other coaches' websites and well, I found many, many beautiful websites. None of them were me. And I remember, <laughs> Toby, we were, I was really dragging my feet. And you said, well, what do you want to say? This is what, this, like we were, we were deep in and I needed to, we needed to create a fucking website. And you said, well, what do you want to say? And that's when I told you what the experience of working with me is like, mm. which was, it's on my website. In fact, it's the fuck you, yeah. fuck off. Oh, fuck. That is, that's the experience, right? That fuck. is, yeah. Fuck you is like, I share what I'm hearing. Fuck off is you receiving it. <laughs> and oh, fuck is, oh my, like that. Yeah, there's something there for me. So I remember like we both had light bulbs that went off that were like, why would we create from any place other than that? And yeah, so I don't know if listeners to the podcast go to my website, but the website is is a fucking jewel. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I showed it to someone who I who I didn't know that well, but based on what she told me about her life to that point, and this wasn't a client, this was just a sort of someone in another business community that I'm part I, I was part of. And I was like, oh man, you're going to love Karen. And anyway, she looked at it and um, <laughs> she, she sort of like, it really repelled her. And I was, I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, actually that's a fucking result because what that means is, you know, to a totally to me anyway, I was like, yeah, I've got you completely right. And you're not ready to work with someone like Karen yet. But when you are, at least you know she exists. Yeah, <laughs> that was like yeah. that was my feeling of of that to and forth. I was like, oh, cool. Because it wasn't like what I didn't want, what a failure would have been is if someone had gone, well, that's nice. Mm, yeah, know, I right. wanted them to go, oh God, that's awful. Or fucking this is great, you know. And that's the only, you know, that's what you've done. You've built something that that literally people are gonna sort of think twice about which i think is very cool and very yeah. brave and, that, and very and intentional gonna, we that is my opinion and that yeah, yeah and, I, and i know going back to sort of the the initial stance which is well if if she feels self-expressed fully self-expressed through through that then then we've done a great job that's yeah. not to say that it can't change and it can't improve over time as you are able to articulate who you are today because who you are today isn't who you were 60 or so episodes ago or whatever it was right. oh no we're like i think today was this morning not when this recording comes out but i think it's episode 68 right just went live today yeah so this yeah. is like over a year ago we're talking yeah 
yes, I am a different person. Completely. Like we all are. Yep, we all are. And the ones that work on themselves really are, you know, we all are anyway, but, you know, through going through that process, do you feel like just having the amount of conversations you've had in the podcast has changed you? Um, I don't know if it's the amount of podcasts that have changed me. It's the conversations that I've had have changed me. Absolutely. I've often thought about going through (laughs) the podcast and sharing like what was happening as the conversation was happening, right? Because listeners hear one side and then there's this whole story and play and, and experience that's happening on this side of the mic, you know, not my coffee spilling or my dog barking, but like, oh shit, that's bringing up stuff for me. I've often thought like that would be a really fascinating, at this point, it'd have to be a series of episodes because there is a lot. Like I ask a question and sometimes now I'm 11 years old, Yeah. right? Like I'm asking it as Karen, middle-aged woman, but what's happening within me is the scared warrior, child warrior is actually afraid of the answer or is confronted by what might come out or is even confronted that I asked that question. So there's a lot that goes on there. I mean, I think it's a good idea at some point. You you should totally do that. There's, um, did you ever watch The West Wing back in the day? Did you know there's a podcast that goes through every episode like that, isn't it? You know, it's amazing. It's really interesting. I really liked it. It's really interesting. I really like listening to, especially the dude, I forget his name, who's the actor in it. He was like, oh yeah, you know, the day we filmed that X, you know, it's like, oh shit. Yeah. Okay, just gives you more depth. Yeah, I mean, just like right now, bringing you on. Look, you were there for all of my bullshit that I do. Like, all of the bullshit I do, whether it was coming on strong or canceling appointments or not showing up or being half-assed, I noticed, right? And I had all sorts of story about that. And... I even dragged my feet to put the podcast into the world because it was supposed to be in June. I mean, in May, and we launched in June. I did have a lot of shit going on with my parents. And I also was dragging my feet. Maybe I didn't tell you that part. I'm not saying that with judgment. I'm, t- I'm just saying that with, I am reliable to procrastinate when I sense that, there's going to be a high level of emotion. And what's interesting is the more I did it, the more I was okay with the high level of emotion. I can't say that it wasn't scary and it wasn't hard and it wasn't triggering all my shit. It did. And that was okay. I think it's great. Yeah. And I did, you know, I didn't feel let down at any point. I didn't feel, I knew that you, I knew that you needed time, you know, based on the fact that we're talking about we're not talking about business success tips with Karen. We're talking about Trauma Hiders Club, right? So you have every right to say, I need a little bit more time to process this shit. And that certainly the last thing I, you know, it's not personal to me. I'm like, okay, this is heavy. And how can I possibly know? Plus, you know, parents get ill and all of that other shit that we all go through. So, yeah, I mean, 
you know, there are these business websites that are, you know, these podcasts that are just like, da -da -da -da, there's my bit, you know, and, you know, pop songs are like that as well. <laughs> like not all of them, you know, some are great, but, um, you know, the way that sort of people do pop songs in bedrooms and, you know, it's just like so surface level. And then you go back to, I don't know, you just made me think of John Coltrane who used to play for half an hour <laughs> at least. And his thing with a solo was like, I'll fucking tell you when I'm finished. Mm, right. I'll tell you, like, I'm sorry. It's not a two and a half minute ditty. Here's an hour of me playing what I'm feeling. And it, you know, I, I did jazz at college and I found it really confronting and I found it hard to listen to. And there was a lot of people in, stroking their beards and, and and wearing trendy clothes going oh can't you hear it yet I'm like no I can't fucking hear it but I heard something there or you know with with the work that you're doing and the, and the way that you're speaking people will have to be in a very certain space in their mind to be ready to receive what you're putting out and the beauty of a podcast is they will receive episode five on a surface level on a train going into work, but they will they will possibly receive episode 19 on a quiet drive home. And it will deeply affect them to the point where they have to pull over because it will connect with them. And you don't have the control as to when people hear your message. Right. But it's there for people to hear, just like the John Coltrane. And if you go and listen to Love Supreme while you're trying to wake up in the morning, it's just not you're just not going to hear what it is. But if you if you sit down <laughs> and you kind of are ready to surrender yourself to it, it's going to fuck you up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But you'll come back a richer person for the experience. Mm -hmm. Like it's also not always like the thing about content in the modern world or art and message and all of the, what this really is. It's not your responsibility to make people feel great about themselves all the time. It's not your responsibility to make people even feel comfortable. And if you try and do that and you become a people pleaser, then you do put out those kind of just step into your true self kind of podcasts mm. that everyone is doing, which is depressing. <laughs> Actually, that's the result is like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Like when I listen to those things, I'm like, okay, you know, yep, you've done the thing and you've quoted a person. Well done, you know, but it's hard, man. It is hard work, but luckily you're at a place and I'm at a place where you create stuff that isn't for everyone and you're like really proud of it. Yeah. That's, that's a massive result. Yeah. I love that this podcast is not for everyone because I wouldn't know what it was. I know what it is. I know who it's for. I do believe that the secret to the Trauma Hiders Club is that we're all in it, but we're not all ready to be with our experience. Mm. We're not all ready. And when we're ready, we can join the club. <laughs> and by the way, if we're never ready, that's okay too. It's all fine. Like it's yeah. all fine. And and the, you know, like again, I just always go back to music. But I I listen to songs, you know, and you and I had had that crazy experience of going to see Elton John. We did, by the way. We'll just talk about that for a little for a second because right. We went to Watford, which happens to be Toby's hometown. Sort of. Sort of, right. Yeah. I'm from Auburn, so that's very important to know, actually. Yeah. Much nicer. And anyway. it was a little stadium 
Yeah. And there we were, like right up front, essentially, experiencing Elton John, who was almost like a dinner party host. I don't know how his tour is globally, but mm. I felt like we were playing in his backyard. That's how gracious and loving and connected he was to where he was. I don't know if he's always like that, but that was fucking crazy. Yeah, but he was at home, you know, like on that yeah. stadium, you've got the words of his songs like in the walls and he he owned that place at one point and stuff. So, yeah, it was it was kind of interesting. And I said to you before, first of all, there was like, OK, well, I'm going to meet a real person who's not on Zoom. So that was exciting. Yeah, that was Second exciting. All, I'm meeting someone in the local football stadium next to the building that my kids were born in. So there's like a lot of, you know, and I'm waving to my neighbors. <laughs> like, so that's kind of a strange place to meet you for the first time. But right. yeah, man, he, um, my reference to that was going back and I said, so what are your first memories of Elton John? Cause mine are that he's a local boy. And also that yellow brick road is the song that was playing in the car as my parents were essentially getting divorced. And you were saying you were telling your stories. And I went back, so this is an album that I'm pretty familiar with. You know, I went back and listened to it in the car, you know, on good speakers rather than, I guess, on a cassette player in a whatever the hell it was that my parents had in 1980, whatever. And I'm like hearing, hearing songs I've heard thousands of times before and I'm hearing new things, mm. which is like, oh, fucking hell, look. And, and, and also from being a kid who wanted to play music to being an adult who's played music and going, oh, look at that. You know, listen to that. They didn't do a big, you know, for example, they didn't do a big crash on the beginning of the verse. That's genius. <laughs> you know, just stupid little details. But it's the same with the podcast. Like people can come back and listen to a conversation between you and someone else, possibly even this one, mm -hmm. and go, what the fuck is this guy Toby talking about? Mm -hmm. And in three or four years' time, come back and maybe go, oh, <laughs> you know, right. which I still do. I love listening to things that I listened to as a kid that, mm -hmm. that I didn't know why I liked them, but I liked them. Yeah. <laughs> and you go back and you go, do you know what? I love that because they're singing right on the back of the beat or or there's that particular guitar sound mixed with the strings that sounds killer. And I know that, you know, I know what that is now. Whereas before it was just a noise, right? And so, yeah, if you're, if you're creating something truly great, which, you know, who am I to say, but we're all striving to do to a certain extent and you're, and you're certainly striving to do with what you're doing is that it might not, you know, it might not connect the first time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. To bring it back to the podcasting thing. All good. Right. It might not connect the first time. It's interesting. Sometimes, you know, I, I put my podcasts out, they go live every Thursday morning. And sometimes I don't listen. I like just go to the show notes and look at what the show notes said. And that that's me kind of protecting myself in a way. Right. Because they're also even just promoting the show is also right it's like more of my art in the world or more of my art with another person in the world and so putting it out there is its own shit show <laughs> mm -hmm. 
listening to it is its own shit show. By the way, with like a lot of love and a lot of pride and a lot of okayness, but I still go through stuff with each step of this thing. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's, it's what I know about that is it's still lighting me up in a big way. It's firing a lot of memory and new experience and reflection and growth each time. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So Toby, before we wrap this up, tell me what's new and exciting in your world that you want to share. Hmm. Well, I still feel like not being in lockdown is relatively new. (laughs) This is like, oh, I'm allowed to travel. I'm allowed to see people. So I think Mm -hmm. the ability to, the most exciting thing, bearing in mind I have a six and an eight-year-old at home, so long as everyone's fit and healthy, is the ability to show my kids the world again. Mm. Nice. Like, take them places rather than just talk about them and show them stuff on my phone. That's probably, you know, I mean it. I like, I'm not like, it sounds like I'm maybe trying to be a bit virtuous, but honestly, I find that really exciting. Mm-hmm. And even just like, oh yeah, we're allowed to, we're allowed to go out. That's cool. So that's actually what's exciting. What is work uh, related and is exciting and challenging for all the reasons is that I wrote a book and I only wrote a book, by the way, well, I didn't only write a book, but I, I was able to write a book. Because you and other people in my life invested money in me. So I was able to invest money back into myself and write this book, right? And the book is called Narrow Podcasting. And it's about how to grow your business using a podcast without worrying about how many people listen to it or sponsors or paid ads or any any of that stuff. And what it's about is really is creating a deeper connection with your guests and the people already in your world. And so I did that. And so that's kind of, that's the thing I'm doing. And there's a course and there's all, all the stuff as I try to, you know, flex my my business chops and grow something that doesn't always require me to go as deep as you and I did on one-to-one calls, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, UK time. But so that's what I'm building. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm building that because, because basically I want to take my kids more places. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't want to be in the two comma club or whatever the kids call it. You know, I, I just don't care about that stuff at all. Like, obviously I, I care about money to a certain degree, but I care more about what I can do with it, <laughs> which again is possibly a cliche at this point, but it's completely true. And so that's where I am. I'm, I'm in narrowpodcasting.com world and I'm working with, you know, a number of incredible people who happen to have great podcasts. Uh, including you. And I'm pleasantly surprised that you asked me to be on this. Wow, nice. Absolutely. Yes. You're definitely part of, not only part of the process, but part of my world. So absolutely. I love it. Yeah. I love it, man. I love doing that, actually, as much as I'm like, well, I've got a course and I've got a book today. I've got a course and a book. But what I love doing is going into the room and crafting the song, right? And being part of that process and witnessing it and holding space and just guiding without forcing my opinion or anything. I love that part. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I love that part of the process. So I guess ultimately, you know, working with you, it was a dream gig and um, long may it all continue in that way as well. I love that. The dream gig. What's been most useful for you being here today? Well, I'm pretty guarded about, uh, I mean, I think anyone with a podcast, so, uh, you know, uh, regardless of the fact that I, I kind of co-run a production company and I do podcasty things, like anyone around podcasting gets emails about being a guest on this person's show. And like, I'm just, I'm just not interested. And so what's exciting about this conversation for me and what's useful about this conversation for me is it enables, mainly because of the position of this exact show that you've created, is it enables me to speak about my process in a much more, I don't know, human way. And and also, I'm not going to say yes to most podcast invites. Like, I'm not, I don't want to be on the circus of coaches that coach coaches about mm, for sure. Seth bombs or whatever the fuck it is that the people do. Like, I just don't, I just don't care. Around like, what? Wish them well, or, or, you know, whatever it is that they're oh, doing. Yeah. yeah. It just feels fake. Yeah. So I'm excited to be on a podcast that A, I would listen to anyway, and that I, that isn't like the other podcasts. That's cool. And that would be the same with any, any other one. Nice. Cool. Well, thanks Toby for being here and being here for all of it. Thank you. Yeah. Dodgy microphone. Yeah. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Trauma Hiders Club podcast. For more episodes, head over to my website where you'll find links to resources mentioned and all the ways you can listen on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're ready to fight, discover the rules of Trauma Club. Head over to KarenGoldfingerBaker.com.